Good evening and welcome to another edition of the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. We're back after a week off. Um, I'm Todd. I'm joined as always by my buddy Rob. What's going on, Rob? Oh, I'm, I'm here. I guess that's, that's as good as we're going to get this week. Come on, Rob. It's ODU week, man. I'm putting <laughs> know, all yeah, this crap aside. They Let's... lost three straight, too, so I don't want to hear about like... You know, they both are. teams have the same motivation. It's uh, we finally get to beat these idiots. So. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Like, like you got to push forward. But I guess tonight we do need to wrap up. Yeah, um, another disappointing one. We can get into that a little bit later. But I, I am excited that it's ODU week and looking forward to the first of what is supposed, uh, hopefully, many many great games in this rivalry. Yeah, as FBS yeah. peers. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's unfortunate, and we'll get to it in a second. But the. First game was a was a great game. First game in the rivalry from another sport was a great game. It just didn't go our way um, over the weekend. As always, we're brought to you by Mossy Creek Fly Fishing in Harrisonburg, Virginia. You can go by the shop. They have lots of new hoodies in for the winter. Um, you can go by and get some awesome Mossy Creek stuff for um, Christmas gifts, holiday gifts, what, um, all kinds of things. It's a great time to go by the shop anytime. Uh, big thanks to them for supporting us as always. Uh, also, when you mention the podcast, you get a free sticker. So there you go. Yeah, we're going to start with the old guys leave roundup of other things, Rob, because as we record tonight, it's the first night of hoops. Um, and for, you know, we're going to be disappointed about football in a second, at least for a little bit. But this is a big day, I feel like. These are two teams, men's and women's, that we have high, high hopes for. Um, the men didn't play today that I'm aware of, right, Rob? No, I, I, we're not counting that game. <laughs> no, I, 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 I'm they still an exhibition. Not, they, yeah. they got they got some runs in. They had a shoot around, and there was another team on the court with that. Allegedly, yeah, yeah. I'm really not sure. I I will say so. JMU won by eight trillion points today, to the point that like SportsCenter was tweeting about it. Like this is ridiculous kind of thing. Um, I'm still not aware of what Valley Forge's mascot is or their colors. Um, I'm glad to say I didn't watch a moment of it. Um, oh, anyways, I'm so excited, Rob. I, I, I'm not so excited. I'm just, I'm excited that, that the conference announced today, or it came out today that the Sunbelt and the Mac are going to play a Sunbelt Mac challenge next year. And one of the, they're going to play two games, which is actually really good. One now, like the first week of the season and one in February when it matters. I haven't heard the details. I don't know if you have, but I'm excited about this because I really don't want any more of this D3 bullshit, right? No, and, and neither does Coach Byington or any of the players. No. This is just unfortunately one of those things that yep. it's tough to get games. You do it. I'm as disinterested as anybody, probably more so in these games. I think it's mm-hmm. a little bit embarrassing, but in some sense, it's also out of their hands. I, I'd rather yeah. they just have like an exhibition like they used to in the old days. What was that like? Yeah, Philadelphia right. barnstorming like the, team. You know, yeah, yeah, like the Philly Union All-Star. Yeah, the Philly Union or like a Philly American Union or something weird. Like yeah. it's kind of fine. Like just it serves a purpose for getting everybody in there and getting something yeah. that it's a little bit closer approximation of game speed. Mm-hmm. But these these things really don't do any good for anybody. Thank God nobody got hurt on either side. Uh, yeah. It's nice you get out there, you're playing against somebody else, but who knows? Yeah. Let's in look some ways, I'm sure the one. kids don't mind like playing. They've been beating up on each other for yeah, yeah, now. absolutely. But in another way, yeah, I'm with you. I, this, these games are so dumb, and Jamie has two more of them. Uh, I don't mind the EMU game at the holidays or the Bridgewater, whoever. You know, if they want to play a local game, it those makes are sense to do it. When you want to keep your kids, yeah. yeah. You want to keep your kids playing and stuff. I don't mind that. And then they have one more later. I don't know. They're they're going to a tournament and then a team backed out and they have to fill it with another team. But yeah, these are just terrible. And for both conferences who are always trying to get their programs to schedule better, I think this is good. I'm hopeful that the February game will also be like where they, Bracket you know, like esque. Yeah, yeah, like exactly. And even though like ACC Big Ten, they're not matched up by, it's not random, right? They're matched up by the previous year's order of finish often. Mm-hmm. So you're like, if you were fifth in the Sun Belt, you'll get the fifth place in the MAC team, which is, you know, most years that's going to help your net rating or whatever um, on the whole. In general, it's just a real game and I'll be looking forward to it. I'm glad they announced that. It's great because one thing we got to say is we don't mean to poo-poo the scheduling or anything. One thing is abundantly clear if you listen to Byington's 
uh, comments from over the summers. He tried to schedule. He tried to put together a really oh, yeah. And he was calling yeah. every in the state. Nobody would schedule him. The Atlantic 10 has some sort of nonsense where it's like a collusion type thing where don't schedule certain conferences and this and that. And it really was kind of a just a bunch. It's, it came across very petty by the other schools. So, JMU tried. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. these games they were left with. So, having two fewer out of conference games that you need to worry about and having two decent yeah. games within, like, yeah. you know, peer institutions or peer basketball majors, yeah. I think it's fantastic, you know? Sure. And it's a building block for the future. I mean, I think it's a good idea. And, um, and, and don't get me wrong. I, you and I, Rob, we're both big college hoops fans. This is, a, I mean, today is just an embarrassment a little bit that this is the first day of the college season and it's, there's no good games today. Like I saw a thing saying Memphis and Vanderbilt is the best game today. It's the best one. Yeah. Uh, the best game of the day. And that's, even that's like a regional thing. You know, it, it's just, I don't know. It, this I feel like this used to not be so bad, right? I don't. Maybe well, it's this just is we, this is schedule creep though. It used to be Thanksgiving week, and so yeah, we used to start with Maui or Alaska, yeah, or like, exactly, where you can draw in good teams. And we used to, and for a couple years there, ESPN did the like twenty four hour marathon that was kind of fun. You know where they would like have like St. Peter's and Long Island play at like four o'clock in the morning or whatever. Yeah. Um, but they, even that's gone away, and now it's just oh, it's such a anti. It's just garbage games. It's, it's just yeah. nothing but buy games today. You've got a lot of top twenty-five teams in action, but mm-hmm. against teams you've never heard of. So, yeah, um, I, I'm the old man in me wishes they'd go back to starting later in November, eliminate some of these things, give them a couple more weeks of practice. But I understand that's not the way the world works, and people want to get out oh. there and start playing against other teams and TV yeah. inventory and yada yada yada. Here we are, but. Yeah. No, this is this was a particularly non-competitive game for Jamie mm-hmm. today. Um, yep. It will be one of a number of non-competitive games that that wrap up by midnight tonight. <laughs> yes, exactly. And we'll we'll come back to the women's are up 34-32 um, in the third quarter. I don't know. They're playing a real game against Maine. I mean, a relatively real game. So, I mean, another Division One program. Yes, so, and maybe, like maybe every we'll... other basketball league in the world they play quarters like a normal entity men's yes. college hoops is the only one still stuck on this antiquated half thing but half time thing yeah that's a topic for another day i guess yeah so maybe we'll come back to that if we can but in case you're wondering why we're not covering the women's team in, in as much detail it's that is the reason it's in um, progress yeah yes um and we may have a lot more women's hoops content in the next couple weeks so we'll mm-hmm. see um Couple big games over the weekend. One awesome thing, Rob. I, I mean, the sad one was women's soccer lost four three in overtime to Old Dominion in the championship in a game that neither team was expected to make it to in Foley, Alabama, which I learned is basically Gulf Shores. It's like Florabama, right? Yeah. Like down near the. I don't know. It looks like it's like to me. 15, yeah. ten miles from the coast. Yes. Uh, so I, I did get to watch a good bit of this tournament, and I was really. I, I actually watched a good part of all at least a half of all three jmu games in the last week uh they played really well they kind of ran out of gas in the final and they got down three to one and managed to come back and i really thought they were going to win i mean they tied it and sent it to overtime um but they played pretty impressive soccer rob like i was jmu really controlled like they try to play you know yeah like you hear the european soccer fan coming out they try to play the right way yeah. Like they try to possess Play the ball the and, and yeah. Yeah. Like they really do. And, and, um, you know, they had a little bit of an injury in the semi that hurt them in the final. And then, you know, they just, it seemed like they ran out of gas a little bit in a really tight game. And I guess congrats to ODU for the first big win in the Royal rivalry. Um, really tough for that team. But I, I had the sense that this team was building, like there was a real cultural approach for this team and just, just good season all the way around. Um, same thing with field hockey who did not make it as an at-large team to the tournament, um, but had a really solid year and hopefully with some kind of conference affiliation next year, that will give them a lot better opportunity. Uh, but big congrats to them. But Rob, you made a good point, uh, over the weekend and last night was, I mean, that was a heck of an upset by JMU men's soccer. Oh, it was fantastic. In Huntington. I don't know if everyone's aware, but like, 
Marshall won the national championship and they were ranked fifth in the country. Yeah. Like Jamie just lost two nil to them like a few days ago. Mm-hmm. You know, this was a huge win uh, for men's soccer. Who's been really like, I went back and looked at their schedule. They were, they really struggled. We talked about them early in the season. I mean, they got out to like a two they and five terrible start. start. Terrible start. Terrible yeah. start. And they've been really solid the last mm-hmm. month or so. So it wasn't like a complete shock. I, I mean, the Marshall kids, like they might not make the tournament. I mean, that was a really, you could see that was like a really big deal on both sides. But uh, as you said, one of the things we were excited about the Sun Belt wasn't all about football. There were other reasons. Um, softball, for sure. But one of them was men's soccer. Oh, it's and a powerhouse conference. It's a powerhouse. I mean, Kentucky, I watched, I actually tried to flick on, I was trying to figure out who Jamie was playing last night and I happened to just looking through ESPN Plus. By the way, that's the other great thing. That's why I'm able to watch these games. I realized exactly. that. Exactly, just pop right on your week. phone. Nice and easy. Yeah, exactly. And and even on my TV at home, it's like so much easier than, I think I might've had like flow football, but not flow everything a couple of years too. I don't know. I just never logged into flow again. Unless there was like a big basketball game or something, you know. Um, and this was really fun to just, yeah, wherever you are, you can pop it on there and it's easy. Um, but yeah, like Kentucky is ranked like in number one or number two in the nation. Like they're really, really good. They had like a huge crowd in Lexington for their game. Um, I kind of like the way the Sun Belt does this. They send two quarterfinals to the number one seed and two quarterfinals to the number two seed. And then all those, the four teams in those pods stay at that place. So it's a little weird. JMU and Georgia State are playing. In Huntington. In Huntington, West Virginia tomorrow night or whatever night. Um, so that's a little weird. Um, and I imagine will not be particularly well attended. But it's still cool. I mean, like Kentucky is, ho- is sort of hosting a mini tournament and Marshall would have been hosting a mini tournament. And if JMU could get the top two seed, it's a big advantage. I think that's a really cool way. And then the last game, the final is at the campus site of the highest remaining seed to make the final. So I think in JMU's, the way it sets up now, JMU will not be hosting. They would go, if they beat Georgia State, they would go to either West Virginia or they would go to Kentucky. Um, But either way, kind of cool and really good for that Road dogs, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. And uh, yeah just really fun to see. I mean, that conference is like we just said, it's Kentucky, South Carolina, West Virginia, Marshall, like there's legit, legit teams. No, it's great. Um, Jay, it's great. Yeah. Jamie lost and, three to one to Georgia state early in the season, but that was really early. It was their first Sunbelt game back when they were really struggling. Uh, so really kind of excited to see how they do this time. Um, Cause there's gotta be a lot of belief in that squad all of a sudden. Um, so that's really fun. And then volleyball, uh, continues to roll, pulled out two hard-fought victories against Marshall this week uh, on the road. <clears throat> they come home this week for the last regular season matches of the season against South Alabama at in Godwin Friday night and Saturday day. Rob, I think I might be in the house on Friday night. <laughs> I think I may be attending my first JMU volleyball match. Oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah, so I think I'm going with some friends on Friday. I'm really excited about that. So it should be really fun. Yeah. Um, I hope so. So we'll see. So that takes us around the other sports for now, and we can get into the Louisville game uh, before we move on to ODU. Rob, where do you want to start for four downs? Oh, floor is yours. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like I, I got some good things in this game. I have some plenty of bad things, but you know. There were go. some good things. There, there were some some individuals I thought stepped up and really showed that they were ready to compete and made a lot of good things. I, I thought if we want to talk about good, they neutralized Louisville's best player. I mean, if you told me they did, if you told me before the game that they were going to keep Malik Cunningham to zero yards rushing and they weren't going to turn the ball over, I'd be like, sign me up. This this sounds like the recipe for success. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. The defense got a little gas there in the end and everybody saw the game and wheels kind of came off in the end. But they did do some things well. I thought they were particularly effective against Cunningham, who is a very dangerous player, mm-hmm. um, very dangerous with his feet, 
uh, he beat him with the, with his arm. Unfortunately, I didn't see that coming or I wouldn't have predicted that, but so I, I will give it up in that sense. Like they were well schemed to defend him. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, man, I, I don't know. This has been a tough one for me to process in the heat of the moment. You and I were on multiple text threads with friends. Yeah. Um, neither one of us had pretty much anything positive to say in the heat of the moment. I was about as heated as I've been after a JMU game in a, in a long, long time. I was really just, I don't want to say disgusted, but I was incredibly frustrated the way it had gone down. Uh, I, I now am kind of, I don't want to say backing off from that position. I'm still incredibly disappointed, but I'm understanding the bigger picture and coming back to the fact that, yes, this is a transition year. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a transition years roster. We don't want to Mm -hmm. talk about that or we don't want to like belabor that point or act like it's an excuse because it's not an excuse. You chose a schedule to go out there, you put your best foot forward, you try to win. Um, I do think there's some truth to the fact that, yeah, they still haven't built up the FBS depth or anything like that. Right. But this is such a hacky thing to say, Mm -hmm. but I didn't love the play calling. I didn't love the approach to the offense. I understood the idea of trying to take the air out of the ball, so to speak, and limit the possessions. And I, I mean, that that makes sense. You go in 10-10 at halftime, you're in there. But in order to do that, you also need to, to have some big strikes and take advantage of opportunities when they're there. And that's the part that drove me crazy. Like, I'm fine yeah. with running the ball, running the clock down. But that doesn't mean running the ball on third and eight third and seven. That doesn't mean settling for career long field goal attempts. Like it just seemed to me like this was a game plan to keep it close and hope maybe you could steal it in the end rather than a game plan to go in there and win. And that it's two days later, I'm still, I'm still coming to grips with that and trying to figure out if I'm just being a grumpy know-it-all fan, you know, Monday morning quarterback, or if there really was something there. So I, I don't know. I'm still really conflicted. But I just I, – I didn't love the approach. I felt like as banged up as they are, they've got enough talent where they could have taken some shots. They could have done some things. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just – I'm still just frustrated, man. I don't know. How do you feel? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm the same. Um, I, it's a game where I wished I could have been in the stadium, um, had planned to be for a while and was not able to make the trip. Um, I don't know, like – okay, were our receivers getting any separation? Like there's some things you can't see on TV. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Um, I, I, it's weird. You're right. We went back and forth. I think the game plan's really good for the first half. And the funny thing about this game was this was the most Mickey game we have seen since Mickey. Um, By in landslide. terms of game planning. And in terms of playing the team that is perceived to be, you know, in the Mickey days, it would have been the FCS FBS game. Now it's just your P5 ACC game, whatever. But the idea of like, you know, be respectable, get in, get out, get home with a check, you know? Um, I I think that's true. Like the the Mickey games, it was like, you'd give it a good shot. And as soon as the other team went away, it was like Mickey was playing to get back on the bus without being injured. Right. Now it's funny, right? Because... (laughs) I'll say uh, it's hard. So at the same time, the best thing about the Mickey game is I got to say, Rob, that drive did my heart good. The one at the end of the half, right? Oh, the that long, was a thing yeah. of beauty. The, yeah. the JMU touchdown drive where they just ran the ball every single play with Kalon Black and Percy. Um, Kalon, who was incredible on that drive. Um, that was a thing of beauty. And somewhere um, Mickey must have been delighted. With that, with that whole play calling setup, right? But you can't do that for the whole game. Like, it's great. It was a great first half. I mean, when they went in 10-10 at the half, they had a break or two for sure, but they also went in with that drive. You know, they just put that together. Um, gave up the field goal at the end, but, like, you had to feel like, okay, they're right in it. But you kept thinking, like, all right, we're going to try some things in the second half. Like, I don't think – you can't just, like – run the clock to grind it out for 60 minutes very often. Um, if you're going to grind it out though, part of that is you need to get first downs. Yeah. And yeah. so like there's situations when you're third and seven, third and eight, if, mm-hmm. if the point is to keep your defense off the field, you mm-hmm. got to convert some of those. And JMU yep. is, they did a better job Saturday night 
than they did against Marshall in terms of or they over. I thought they played better this week than they did against Marshall. I agree. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying, like in third down conversions, that yeah. that is a going concern for me now. You've got to do that. If you're gonna try to play with a limited roster, whatever you're saying, or people are banged up, all those other things coach is saying, you got to stay on the field, stay on the field. Unfortunately, you're going to need to take chances. You're going to need to air the ball out in their defense. There were a couple plays that were there and guys dropped it. Yep. Um, But I don't know, man. It's just like, it got to the point in the second half where it's like, if you let it be pretty clear, I don't know what's going on. Santeo is still injured. I was saying the whole game, like he's got to be injured and people in the stadium are like, oh, you don't understand. It's windy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Cunningham was throwing you. the ball. Like <laughs> this is my um, the Centeno thing is out of control. I mean, I don't know what that's my biggest like because I think we talked about this on Saturday night. Like I, either way is not good, right? Either you like, don't have enough faith in the backup where you're you're throwing a guy right. out there who can't use his arm, mm-hmm. or you've got a guy out there who's who's good enough, but you're not letting him use his arm. Neither option was particularly comforting to me as a fan. Yeah, you just can't convince me. I watched, I mean, we all watched Santeo play the first six games. And you just can't convince me that this is the same guy from a health standpoint. No. Like, you know, and that's like, he's gotten it out. Like, all credit to him. Hats off to him. Yeah. Hats off to him, right? And I totally get the fact that, like, you think you're a little bit out. You, you think you're maybe, maybe more than a little outgunned in, in terms of just talent and roster depth. And so you think, like, I want the guy who makes the best decisions on the field. Um, and, and that just comes with the experience that Santeo has of playing all the college football he's played versus the other guys. But yeah, it, it's a neither decision. Not at a certain one. point, like, I think that the game plan worked in the beginning because even though they weren't throwing. Louisville was still like, I don't know, this this guy's, you know, right. threw for almost five hundred a couple of weeks shooters. ago. Right. Once you've established that like, no, nah, there's there's no passing attack tonight, then I don't know what the point of keeping somebody in if he is hobbled or unable to do it. You know, like yeah. there's it, it, the jig is up. Like you know he's not gonna throw the ball, he can't throw the ball, this isn't the night. At that point, is are you really better off? going with him versus the backup. I don't know. That's not particularly encouraging with coming off a bye week where you've got two weeks prepare for this. You couldn't come up with some sort of approach to maybe like, okay, if we get behind, we're going to go to this guy or that's the part that really bothered me is like, it it seemed entirely contingent on like Louisville, not calling our bluff that, Hey, like the passing attack ain't there tonight. Yeah. It's frustrating because 34, 10 is 34, 10. And like, you know, obviously the ACC refs are no better than the Sun Belt refs, and there's all kinds of like ifs and buts in the game. But like, you lost by 24. Like, you're probably gonna yeah. lose that game. You know, eight Either out of ten way. times or whatever. You know, like I, I don't know what to say, right? So, I, I'll say that. I mean, yeah, it just gets, and you got to get some help, right? It's not just the coaches. It's not just the quarterback's injury. You know. They had a couple, they jumped off sides when they were putting together a little drive. They had a guy drop up what would have been a probably a pretty big play. They had a chance for a big play where a receiver had a chance to make a play. It would have been a difficult play, but when they you're up many, against many, many missed tackles that turned yes, out. Yes, like you, you got to have some of these, you know, some of them are hard plays, but if you're going to pull up, a, you know, if you're going to pull off a win like that one, sometimes you got to have those. And it's not just on one guy or one call or one game plan um that said the defense kept them in it again rob just like the marshall game like the defense gave them lots of chances to stay in and try to win that game right and the week one team that we saw at middle or the team we saw at app hangs in that game offensively right they might lose 34 25 or 34 27 or something right but they make it they hang in there and this team, you know, the defense kept him in for a while. Like, it's hard to – and that was a defense with a lot of backup players right now. I mean, Walker didn't play – you know, Trent Hendrick played, Sam Kidd's out. You know, there were a lot of guys in there. And if you look at, like, a couple of the – I think the first long Louisville touchdown run, um, you know, if you go back and watch that one closely, the two or three guys who have a chance to kind of make that play or, or are in on that play, they're all backup players. You know, um, they're not guys who started the season. And that's where you talk about the depth and stuff. 
and it's tough. But, but I, then, I think, but, but then overall, positions where, you, yeah, where you do have depth though, like you mentioned, Black was pivotal on that touchdown yeah. drive. I think he only got like nine snaps the entire game. Latrell yeah, I was a little Palmer confused on that one. I mean, he's only got seven or eight snaps. Like it, it, positions where you have depth, like yeah, you're not using it. So mm-hmm. that's just what I like. I understand, you know, Signetti had comments after the game about like fans don't want to hear it, but the reality is it's a thin roster and FBS transition. And that can be true, but it mm-hmm. also can be true that like something is going wrong in the second half of the past three weeks. And it's not all roster. I, I, I'm sorry. I just, yeah. I refuse to believe that you've got team that they can score, but they can, we've got a roster that only is 30 minutes deep. That doesn't make sense. It'd be one thing that's like, we're not finishing in the red zone or something, but the offense is disappearing after the break. I mean, it, correct me yeah. if I'm wrong, but isn't it like a hundred total yards in the second half, the past yeah, yeah. three games? Yeah. This and is, or the past two games, but like two games. Yeah. 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 Cause the, the three weeks ago, the offense was not, yeah. The offense wasn't good. Yeah. And yes, Louisville and Marshall are good defenses. Give them credit. We're not going to sit here and be like, Oh, you know, Jamie's only beating itself. But there's more to it than just that. So, like, it's a little from column A, a little from column B. And I think that's what I'm coming around to. I was not in that mindset. I was all column B, you know, Saturday right. night. I was like, what is going on? This was a terrible game plan and the play calling and the decision to, to kick right. the field goal instead of doing it. That was just giving back seven yards of field position. And, like, mm-hmm. I was just livid. And then I calmed down. I'm like, okay, well, let's listen to what other people are saying. And everybody's like, there's nothing they can do with it's It's a roster and it's limited. And I don't buy that yeah. either. It's a little bit of both. It's a little yeah. bit of both, but I still think this team is better than the last two games, second half performances. Yes. And that's what, that's what is really kind of eating me up. Like what, well, and I think what this can they do? It's a little better? harder to like, this one was actually harder for me than the Marshall game. I mean, the Marshall game was like, you know, not to, we don't have to go back there, but we know what happened, right? We found out the a quarterback who had never played before or, you know, was going to start his first game the day before the game. And among other things, that was a real big challenge to overcome. This week was a lot more frustrating to me. I also think it's weird, Rob, because I do think both things can be true at the same time. The coaching staff is able to come up with a game plan that gets you to a 10-10 halftime score with a um, more talented team this week. And like, it's frustrating to see nothing be able to get done in the second half the last two weeks. You know, like both of those things are true. Um, well, I also, also saw this coaching staff be incredible at the beginning of the year through the first five weeks at making the halftime adjustments. So like, I, you know, I don't know. One of the things that's changed is the composition of the starting roster, right? I mean, that that's that can be true. And like, just why do we not find a way to give the ball to Chris Thorne? Like, that's also true, right? You know, uh, but going back yeah. to something you said earlier, like, yeah. I don't know if he was getting open or separation. And the thing that I did notice is the speed on the edges seemed different. And Louisville is one of those teams where... Oh, Louisville's they're much more legit. Any of the teams, they're better than App. They're better. I mean, just from a talent yeah. standpoint, they're but, faster. But they're a little more raw. They're like raw athleticism. Raw, they're yes. not getting... They're getting like pure speed versus, you know... Right, LSU or Clemson or Georgia getting pure, pure speed plus elite hands. They're not getting it, but like no. they have athletes out there on the edges. And that was different on the first drive that they went down aided by a couple penalties on JMU, but they made it look really easy. Like it's just, and our secondary is young and we understand that, but there is a lot of talent there, but let's, it's, we weren't playing Clemson. We weren't playing Georgia. You know, they weren't playing LSU. It was, it's Louisville. They're really, they're a good team. They're not a great team. Yeah. They're not top 25. You know, they've had some nice wins. Boston College managed to beat them. So yeah. they, they're they capable of having off days. They didn't have an off day. They played very well. Right. But, man, I just I, – I don't understand what is going on. And it came across to me like the game plan was just to keep it close and hope things fall your way rather than let's try to scheme and, and beat these guys. And right. I'm sure that's not the case. I'm sure that is not what happened. That is just mm-hmm. from the fans' perspective, that's how it appeared is the point that I'm trying to yeah. make here. Well, yeah, I think that's right. I don't know that we can keep beating it in. I, I do have some individual performances that we should point out, Rob, that were fantastic. Um, we've talked about Kalon, but James Carpenter on the defensive line 
He was a revelation. I, I thought how he was can he be any better? Field. Like this yeah. has been an unbelievable season, and he tried beyond his physical ability this week to like single handedly keep them in the game. He yeah. was just outstanding. I thought um, Uku has been. I thought Uku, Uku was great. great plays as well, and also Mikhail Kamara. I thought mm-hmm. it was nice. You know, he's been a he's a young guy, redshirt freshman who's been kind of battling injury this year, but he really showed up this week and and gave us a sense of like there's some real potential. That's a redshirt freshman, you know. Like, yeah, so I thought him and Uku were great. Um, I also thought it was really good. I, I just – the line wasn't perfect on the offensive side, but it was – Tyshawn Wyatt seemed to be okay health-wise. He seemed to make it through. Um, Kidwell did not play. So Toner played left guard, and I think Stevens played right tackle again. I don't think it – I mean, they found enough holes for Kalon and Percy to run for, for a while until Louisville decided, like, we're going to put nine guys in the box because they're not throwing, right? Um, so, I, don't, I mean, there were some decent performances this week, um, and they shouldn't be overshadowed by everything that happened. Um, still have high, high hopes for the offensive line and everybody else. And, and goodness gracious, Rob, I mean, James Carpenter and Mikhail Kamara, both, that's a redshirt sophomore and a redshirt freshman. And then with all those redshirt sophomores on the offensive line, I don't know. What well, what's also encouraging too, Todd, is when you talk yeah. about those two guys in particular, is those were FCS recruits. Yeah. You know, yeah. and like a lot of the talk this weekend was about this being a transition roster, but we've got guys who clearly were, were out, you know, probably above the level of a couple of FCS recruits, but so yeah, were FCS recruits. Say, they were actually FBS recruits who decided to play at JMU. Yeah. And that's been the difference between JMU and North Dakota State and everybody else the last few years. Yeah, but it's like, but they were kind of guys who could maybe go battle for second string and coming out of high school. Right. They chose to go to JMU. Things broke in their favor. And now they're starting getting major minutes and showing that they're ready. Like they, mm-hmm. they, they looked every bit the part yep. on Saturday night. Um, tough result, but there are guys out there who were kind of punching above their weight class and, and showing they yep. can do it. That encourages me when you start thinking about it is a different recruiting game now. They're going to be recruiting from a different caliber of player. So there's a reason for optimism in that standpoint. Um, it's just hard. Like you and I talked about this where beginning of the season, we said six wins, seven wins, unqualified success. We could even make the case for five. It was the right five. The The flip side of that is you don't want to end on like a five grain losing streak or no, five and six. Four. Like, like this the way this season worked out would not be good no um, it would not be good um they, they got to right the ship uh the georgia southern they need to loss, do it this week <laughs> yeah georgia no. southern loss was frustrating i would almost say the marshall loss was almost easy to write off because of the qb situation this one was a missed opportunity but if you told us at the beginning of the season like hey are they going to beat louisville or they lose louisville? i probably don't care if we're being perfectly honest, like no, Louisville was the game that I think we circled early. I mean, that was probably the the number one loss on the schedule before the season. And I don't mean that we didn't think they could win. Um, I just, just don't get like I think back to like how you and I. That was the game we were most excited about two years ago. Then they made the move, and we're like, we don't really care about this game as much. We'd be more correct. excited about beating an ODU a Coastal. You know, they still have opportunities. Like for me, I'm just ready to look forward to Saturday. This ODU game is one that I've wanted for years since ODU yeah. kind of took care of business and, and beat yeah. us in Bridgeforth years ago. And they've got ultimate scoreboard. I didn't know if we were ever going to get a chance. Mm-hmm. This is, I don't want to say make or break, but this can really change my perspective on this being a successful season or not. Completely. I still, I, I still think this has been, I, I got ahead of myself like everybody else when they got up to start and they got in the top 25 ranking. You start to think big things, but this is a transition year. And that's when you talk mm-hmm. about two things can be true at the same time. We yep. can be frustrated and feel like there's missed opportunities and in, in game moments and everything, but also five wins, pretty good transition year. Five wins plus a win, a sixth win over ODU. Hey, that mm-hmm. that's a really good year. You know, add another win on top of that, you get the seven. Okay, that's an unqualified, successful transition year even if they were doing it next year in a normal pressure. So mm-hmm. I need to remind myself, like, let's, let's get a grip here. Let's think about things. Let's, let's keep the big picture perspective, but also like the good thing about this now is even in a bad season, which this is not, we have a real rival that we're playing who really can turn the corner of it. Like nobody wants to think about going one in 10, but beating no. ODU, 
but there's a certain joy in that as well. Like this, this is a game that I really care about. I, you really care about. I think a lot of fans really, really care about. So this is a big one. I will forget all about Saturday night if JMU comes out and takes care of business out in Norfolk this weekend. Yeah, and this is also a huge adjustment for, I noticed it for me as a fan, being in FBS, Rob. This week, this weekend after this game yesterday, Sunday, I saw, I think it was coach, assistant coach, coach, uh, coach Koontz, I think, mm-hmm. tweeted out like the Sunbelt um, standings. And so like Jamie's five and three overall, three and two in the Sunbelt, which is one game behind Coastal in the Sunbelt East. So like, it's weird for me. We haven't, JMU hasn't won a game in a mu- over a month now. Yeah. Because of the bye and the way the schedule fell. But in a normal year where we were eligible for, say, all the things, right, all, you know, going to the Sunbelt Championship, the team ahead of us, we have at home at the end of the season. Yep. You know, like, there's still – I got to get used to this, too, that, like, you got to watch the schedule because, like you just said, the Louisville game really doesn't matter. Like, it would have been nice, but I'll say this. Like, if they had won either one of the games before the bye, right, held on at Georgia Southern or beat Marshall – and then lost to Louisville was the second loss. We wouldn't feel so like despondent at this point, no, but it's just been off. so long. And we're such a fan base that's been used to for so many years. Like we've never gone a month without winning, <laughs> you know, Yeah, that's just impossible. And now like, I'm like, Oh wow, they're five and three, three and two. Like everything's still to play for. They have ODU on the road this week. JMU opened as a seven point favorite this morning. So, I mean, Anyone that wasn't paying attention, ODU got shut out at home. They lost 12-0 to Marshall this week. Um, so take it, make of that what you will. Um, but there's no reason to think James Madison, even in its current depleted state, you know, can't win this game this weekend. Then they play a Georgia State team at home who like may or may not care by then. I, you know, not to say they couldn't lose, but I just I don't know. And then they get a big game to finish the season at home against Coastal. Like in a regular season next year, if this were the situation, I'm going to have to get used to the fact that like if we happen to have our FBS game in week nine, I need to like not like overreact to the result or FBS game or our bigger conference game, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like I need to not overreact to that result because, you know, look, it it would suck if you were like having an undefeated season and you lost. But otherwise, like, that's really irrelevant to, to the most of you're the playing goals. For the conference standards. Yeah, that you're playing for. And somebody, and, I forget, I think it was one of the Southern Miss guys, tweeted something out last week that I thought was really dead on. And he mm. said, the reality is that, you know, nobody in the Sun Belt, East or West, is really outpacing the rest of the league in terms yeah, of recruiting. The reality well, is everybody's got about the same sort of roster, which means you're going to see wild swings. You're going to look like, you know, yeah. it, it's all clicking one week and you think you're going the next week you're going to lose. And it's just, it's still a tightly packed league. Yeah. You know, like there's not that this, much separation. You're going to have these weird, what JMU's got to avoid is we got to get, I, mean, I don't mean to say it too loudly here, but with all these retro sophomores, like we got to figure out our strategy for, you know, both keeping and replacing players in the era of the portal. Oh, the portal becomes huge because, you know, because then you turn around and you, um, I, I have a Louisiana situation, right? Um, where they're like starting to put it together, but they started the season with like none of their roster. Like they had to turn over their whole roster, you know? And I don't know. I mean, I think Marshall has 50 something transfers, 55 transfers. Yeah. yeah. And so they're getting a little better as the season goes along because they're learning who each other is. Right. Um, I, I also will say think I think JMU certain... and ODU have a little bit of an advantage on some of our Sun Belt uh, peers in that knock on knock wood a little bit, but for the moment, right, our our three FBS peers in the state outside of the Sun Belt um, are down. I, I don't know. I mean, if you're a kid who has a lot of good playing time and a good life at James Madison, you're going to need a lot of convincing to switch to one of those schools and get your head beat in. Yeah. Maybe by the team you left, right? Like, you know, Louisiana Lafayette is sitting down there, you know, and if LSU wants their player, they're going to get their player, right? 
And if Florida wants to dip over there, over the border, they're going to get the guy they want, you know, um, where I don't know. I don't know. I'm hopeful. I'm a little bit hopeful with the momentum of JMU and everything. And, and I think this week's game goes a long way in that. Um, not just this week's game, but the, the last three, you know, you finish the season seven and four, even six and five, you beat ODU this week, but, but I'm thinking finish at seven and four. You're like, we're all, I'll be happy as can be. <laughs> right, Rob? Oh yeah. Dude. Without a doubt, man. Like in the moment, like mm-hmm. I said, like I'm doing better now where I'm realizing like, it's not just the the poor game plan or everything's bad. Like it's just, it's a combination, yeah. combination of factors. But when you take that step back and look at it, it's like five wins so far as five wins, winning records, winning record three and mm-hmm. two in the league. It's like, if they can finish above 500 and above 500 in the Sunbelt East, like, man, it's like you can look at it one of two ways. You can go, oh, but look at that. We peaked at top 25 undefeated. Or you right. can go, eh, big picture is right. they ripped the bandit off. They tried to do something in one year that normally schools do in two. They did it, you know, um, in a way that garnered a lot of attention, but maybe not quite justified like i don't Mm -hmm. want to got top 25 rankings awesome but like that doesn't mean that they're going to be favored the second half of the season it just means they did they took care of business the first five weeks and that's awesome but like this is not necessarily the wheels coming off if they lose four games this season and in fact it is not the wheels coming off it is still a successful thing like we can all be disappointed in the heat of the moment we can all do the monday morning quarterback and we can say they should have done this coaches should have done that and players should have made this play it's still things are pretty good, man. Things are pretty yep. good. We we shouldn't freak out and think that like, oh my gosh, we had this moment and we lost it and we were right there. We were top twenty five and we were going to be a perennial week in week out ranked program. We aren't. We we made it that right. far this season. Yep. I personally think we will be back in the rankings sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, let's, let's just go beat ODU. That will yes. that will change a lot of things. If you told me the beginning of the season, like. You can choose one of these two games to win, Louisville or ODU. I take ODU 10 oh, times too. out of 10. Me too. No doubt. Yep. And the chance is right there in front of them right now. Mm-hmm. So, And I saw uh, Kidwell was on the game time announcement photo today. I'm, I'm probably reading too much into this, Rob, but I did see they announced the game time for Georgia State mm-hmm. uh, the following week, and Kidwell was the one on the announcement photo. And I was like, ah. Oh, hoping that means he's coming back. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, Probably stock photos from August. Yeah. I, I was thinking about that. So is there anything this week, Rob, that you're really looking forward to um, overall? Um, can I, can I say a healthy Centeo? Like that, that's what I want to see. Yeah, I think health um, in general. Yeah. I mean, just health I, in general. Like I, yeah, I, I expect, I expect the passing game to be a little bit better. I think, ODU is not exactly a defensive stalwart. They are not Louisville. Um, I think the offense should get in a little bit of rhythm, and I think I'm looking forward to them getting their swagger back. Yeah. Get a couple scoring touchdown drives, get going, and really just out there having fun again. It looked way like overmanaged on Saturday night, and and like they weren't they weren't just playing football. If you know what I mean, you're like, does that yeah. make any sense to you? Like it yeah, just yeah. it looked like they were just trying to do what they were supposed to do versus just going out there and just playing ball and mm-hmm. and i think with this one there's gonna be a lot of nerves there's gonna be hyped up but i think it just can be a game where guys step up and and just play their game and i think jamie's better um all right i am curious to see how they handle ellie jennings who's you know had a terrific yeah, this year is the, we're gonna be back to the same way we were at the beginning of the season rob which is we're struggling at corner right now yeah we are safe we to are. say right and, and they've got a really talented to receiver a who's coming guys. off a tough game yeah, we have a ton of young guys playing and, you know, we're struggling on the back end in one-on-one coverage, but we also leave a lot of guys in one-on-one coverage all the time. And this is going to be a real test of like, can our defensive, can our rush get home, you know, enough to prevent them from throwing it to Jennings too easily, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be a big one. Um, and then I'm excited for our O-line just to see what they can do. Um, I feel like if they could be just as healthy as they were this weekend, they have even more opportunity this week. And with Kalon kind of continuing to get better week by week and the way Percy's playing, like I'd like to see Kalon get some more snaps. Me too. I would have even liked to see Latrell get a little more this week. Um just yeah, mix them just up. They're all such different up. styles. Go back to our old 
two rushes and get them out kind of thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, also, you mentioned the career-long field goal, but Cam Wise did make another solid field goal at the start of the game. Yeah, no. Um, I, I, and then the one that he missed short wasn't – I wasn't – like, he hit it well right down the middle. He just – when the coach asked you to make a 54-yard field goal, like, that doesn't – doesn't happen all the time, right? So that's a like, tough kick for a college I had, kicker. I thought he hit it well, you know. So I mean, I I've got no problem with Wise. I would have preferred yeah. Jamie to go for it just because I think me too. That was the thing. I had no, in your favor. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then the last thing we should mention, Rob, we got to mention. So this is the Oyster Bowl, the return of the Oyster Bowl um, at ODU. It's what they that's they used to be the name of their stadium eight million years ago, or or something they hosted or something, but now they call that like the big game of the year. Um, they do a lot of stuff around it and that's this week. And the guys we talked to back in the summer, the monarchists podcast from ODU are doing their, they do their big annual toys for tots drive this week. And we would, um, you know, we'll put some stuff up with the preview this week. I know we've talked about it in the last week. I think you put it out, Rob. Um, but just they're collecting toys. Um, yeah. I think at the tailgate and please, those are good guys. They raise a ton of money for toys for tots. Yep. I believe, <clears throat> I believe they have military connections themselves and that's a big yep. marine charity, but definitely go support them. They are not trying to make this into like a JMU versus ODU thing in any sort of like negative way. They're trying to make this into like, Hey, let's both encourage each other to, to do some good toys for tots is a great charity. You can drop off toys at the game. We will get you all the information, follow us on Twitter, let yep. you know where you can do that. But we really encourage people to support this. This is this is something that could be potentially really, really cool about just kind of the rivalry coming together every year, hopefully to do some sort of cool thing for charity. So the, at, Absolutely. At, what is it? At ODU Monarchist or something? Yeah, the, the Monarchists. The Monarchists? If you're, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know what We've they're... retweeted it, but definitely seek those yeah, guys we'll... out. They're going to have collection sites on uh, at the various tailgates mm-hmm. and all set up and definitely drop off a toy if you can. Yeah, and it sounds like they have a pretty good tailgate and they're happy to uh, have you come support and, and uh, you know, host a little bit. So yeah, they were really nice guys. We talked to them and they've been excited about this all year. We told them we'd help them out and they were hyping it up last week and let's get behind them and see what we can help, help out with. Yep. I don't have anything else sports related tonight, Rob. Um, I would ask everyone, please rate and review the podcast wherever you get it. Um, (laughs) I guess I don't know if like, Twitter's going to permanently crash at some point coming up here, Rob. But yeah, I feel like we should uh, we should ask people to support us on the other platforms where they might consume our content. Print um, out the URL and mail it to your friends in a letter. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. Um, yes, maybe that. No, but you could just give us a rating in Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever. We'd appreciate it. Uh, that would help. Um, I didn't have anything else, Rob. I think my belatedly favorite song from. Taylor Swift album is Glitch. Oh, okay. So I, I, that's I, I kind of overlooked that early on, and it's become the one I'm obsessed with. So oh, yes, that's good. Can yeah. we talk one one non JMU sports thing? Uh huh. Did you see the Trey Turner sizzle video that his agents put together to send out to all of the clubs now that he's a free agent? How did I know? No, I I did not. But you I got to see I've this. Heard thing, about man. this in my life? Yes. All right. John Ham is doing the voiceover for this. And it's just like a two minute and 12 second Trey Turner commercial on like how he's one of the best players in baseball. Oh, and by the way, he's super exciting and the type of guy that brings fans to the ballpark. I mean, it is, it's kind of, it's so fun. It's kind of the future of free agency. And I don't know if that makes me happy or sad, but because it's Trey Turner and I just think he's such a joyful player to watch. Yes. And I like John Hamm. Yep. It's pretty darn cool, man. So definitely go check it out. It's it's all over Twitter and you can find it I on can't, YouTube. I can't wait. Yes, I And just like the idea that, that agents are basically having full Hollywood productions, like highlight videos for their things, which supposedly they literally sent to every team today. Mm-hmm. And we're like, here's our guy, you know, the bidding starts at whatever, seven years, $40 million a year, whatever it's going to be. But yep. it's pretty cool. So definitely go check that out if you're a baseball fan. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Good. Um, that's all I got, Rob. This is going to be a, uh, a, a real important week for JMU football 2022 this week. I don't mean to make it a bigger deal than it is, but there's a real, real big opportunity in front of them this week. 
and they can really change the vibes around the program um, back to something much prouder and happier. Well, that's what's good about this move is you've got an opportunity for when things are going your way to have kind of a season defining win. And the counterpoint is that you can have some crushing defeats, but um, this is an opportunity really to put one in the history books to to make the first year in FBS an unqualified success. If you can get this one, get to clinch a five, if you can clinch a above 500 season and beat ODU the first year in FBS all in one weekend. Yeah. That's a pretty darn cool opportunity. Exactly. Yeah. It's perfect. So hopefully we will be talking um, in a much more celebratory way next week and in a way that um, I'll be almost through the first part of my work crunch here, but I think by this time next Monday. So that's what's killing me on the games situation right now. But Rob, I will talk to you then. All right. Have a good week, everybody. Go Dukes.